0: Welcome to the Mama Embodied podcast with yours truly, Shayna Ray. I'm a somatic attachment coach and therapist that is absolutely dedicated to supporting your soul's evolution as you prepare and step into the prenatal, pregnancy, and postpartum journey. Mama Embodied is a must-listen for mothers and mothers-to-be who are seeking support, community, and all of the tips and tricks to heal yourself so that you can raise secure, resilient kids that can thrive in this unpredictable world. This show is here to help you understand the power and impact of repairing your attachment system and how healing yourself on all levels, mind, body, and soul not only changes your life, but also shapes your future generations' lives to come. Through honest conversations around conscious parenting, effective attunement and communication, mental health, and physical well being, we're going to explore the importance of embodying what you want your kids to learn so that you could be the one in the family line that stops the family inherited trauma and creates a safe and loving foundation that your family can lean on. So join me and guest experts in the field as we embrace our stories, share our wisdom, and help you create a life full of well-being, joy, love, and connection with you and your loved ones. So mamas, let's get started. What is up, my love? I am so excited to have you in the space with me and for you to dive into today's podcast episode. It is with my very first guest on the show, Felicia Isabella, who was actually my very first mentor when I finally decided to dive into my personal healing journey. And it's so special because our relationship has truly evolved over the past couple of years from a client practitioner dynamic to absolute soul sisters and we've cultivated a beautiful community over the past year called the soul collective and we are finally reopening it up to the public so we wanted to sit down and just chat about all of the things like what's inside of the soul collective that makes it so special why it's so important to have a community as you go through life or start raising a family and we also dropped some really great tips on how to successfully co-regulate with someone that is absolutely not talked about on Instagram or even mainstream media. You know, I think you're starting to see the word co-regulation pop up more. But what I notice is that people aren't talking about the nuances of co-regulation, how to hold your alignment and all the things that are required to successfully co-regulate with someone. So you will definitely not want to miss out on this episode. I even tried to cut this episode down to an hour and I literally could not. There's just way too many topics we chat about that are so important for you to know. And the best part is that we had no notes, like literally no plan. We just wanted to share our hearts, our personal stories, and what we've learned through attachment, Neurobiology, developmental stages, and subtle energy. So, we are jam packing this episode with all of the vibes, all of the tips, all of the tricks, and all of the information you possibly need as to why co regulation and having a community that supports you is the motherfucking shit. <laughs> now, before we dive in, I just want to give an official intro for Felicia because. The description of her on our Soul Collective website is, quite honestly, fire. So in her essence, Felicia is an initiator of transformation intent on fully integrating body, soul, and spirit. She takes a radical stand for all beings, awakening to their true nature and authentically living their truth into the world. Her chosen offering for this earth mission, energetic mentorship. Through a devoted exploration of the human experience, she artfully weaves together the worlds of attachment system repair, advanced energy healing, somatic coaching, business wealth energetics, and spiritual development to optimize human potential through purpose and conscious reality creation. She has an innate gift for creating safe and supportive environments for clients to feel seen and understood. Her approach is rooted in the principle of the direct experience where she intuitively guides people into connection with their own sense of inner knowing, body intelligence, and intimacy with the present moment. Like, damn, that is so good and so freaking spot on. So as you listen to today's episode, if there's some type of pull on your heart to join this amazing community of women, we would be so honored to have you in the space. We welcome women from all ages, from all over the world. So to join or learn more, make sure you check out the link in the show notes below. And without any further ado, let's just get on with today's episode. I'll see you on the other side. All right, Felicia, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm so happy to have you here so that we can chat about the power of community and talk about this amazing magical container we've cultivated over the past year called the Soul Collective because we're so excited we're officially opening it up to the public. So before we dive in, I just want to start off with talking about how the Soul Collective was even birthed into the world. And I also, Felicia, want to hear your side of the story because when I pitched this idea to you, I feel like you already knew what I was going to say and (laughs) would finally like to hear your perspective on the matter. But for those of you guys that don't know, Felicia was my very first energy work mentor and attachment mentor. And we worked together for God was like two to three years. Yeah,
1: yeah, a good amount of time, like every week, I think almost three years.
0: Oh my God, right. Three years. That is so freaking wild to me. So, the first time we met, it was funny because it was an absolute soul to soul connection, but we weren't sure. I just remember meeting you for the first time, Felicia. And the first thing you said when I came into your office was, Do I know you? And I was like, Do I know you? And We just let that go and put it to the side thinking, well, maybe we just saw each other in passing or have some mutual friends, but whatever, let's just drop in together. And at the time, I had just created my first program called the Transformation Accelerator Program. So it was this three-month program that taught women how to reprogram their subconscious mind, process their emotions, and manifest what they truly wanted out of life. And women loved it so much that they wanted to continue the journey together. And I was like, what did I learn after everything I taught in TAP? And it was this deeper energy work and attachment work that I was doing with Felicia. So I had this idea of like, what if I created this community for women to come together each week to continue healing and transforming together and up-level the skill sets of co-regulation, energy tracking, attachment work, and all the magic that comes with that. But in my mind, I was like, I can't do this without Felicia. Felicia has taught me all of this. And I was scared because you were my mentor at the time. I was like, what if she says no? Or what if she says yes, because she feels bad because I'm her client? Like, I just felt so awkward with how I was going to approach this and ask you, Felicia, to do this with me. Now, during this time, I was working with Rachel Bell, who is a business coach. Shout out, Rachel Bell. And at the time, I didn't know much about astrology. I've never been a big astrology person. I mean, just a year ago, I finally learned what my moon, sun, and rising signs even were. People have asked me all the time, and I was like, I don't know. So I just kind of wanted to learn more about the general map of me. And so she recommended this guy who infused reading all of these different astrology maps, but also gave you a six month forecast into your astrology and how it relates to your business. And it was so funny because he was like, okay, well, this is actually a really lucky window for partnership for you. So if there's someone you're really itching to work with, but you feel like it's a stretch or a leap, now is the time to ask. Oh, and my absolute favorite part is he wraps up with, okay, and when you ask for this partnership and collaboration, it's going to feel like it came out of heaven's worlds. And I'm like, what the fuck is he talking about? But okay, sure. But to be honest, it truly was my green light to ask you, Felicia, because it gave me the courage to say, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going for it. So I was in a session with you, Felicia, and I don't know if you remember, but I'm on the table and I can remember this so clearly. We were more than halfway through the session. And I remember blurting out something along the lines of, I want to ask you something, but I'm scared. And you're instantly just like, say it, as if you already knew what I was going to say. So I'm like, okay, I have this idea called the Soul Collective. And you just started to listen to what I had to say and immediately say, yes, we're doing it, done, sold. And after, it literally felt like we got on these energetic mushrooms. Mind you guys, we are dead sober in the middle of a client practitioner session. And we're just laughing, and I'm like, oh my God, this is coming out of heaven's worlds. (laughs) So I'm just curious, because I've never thought about asking you this until now, and I thought it'd be a great way to start the show and talk about the Soul Collective, but Felicia, did you know what I was going to ask you? Well, it's
1: funny, because I I can't believe we haven't had this conversation before. (laughs) It's years later now, so... I'm just appreciating this moment. And for me, I remember you had, you had shared the reading that you had with the psychic and the first time you shared it with me, it was more like in passing and yeah. it my system. And what I mean by that is like, it hit me in a way that sometimes I'll like when somebody says something, there's just a truth that resonates through my body. And it's like a little flag goes up that goes, pay attention or a bell going off. It's like, pay attention. <laughs> Listen to this. Pay attention, and I've had it happen enough times with things that are pretty um, like more mundane things. Yeah, but it's happened enough where I I really do pay attention to it now. Like it's given me feedback on um, like what supplement to take, or when somebody mentions something that I think would be really good for my body. It's like it's happened in those ways before. Yeah. And so that happened in that moment where it was like, why is this highlighting so loud for me? Like I'm present with you. I'm excited for you with what's coming (laughs) through. Like I'm in support of this, uh, this stepping into the next level of your business, what you're bringing through your soul, like into this reality. And so that's all there, but there was another flavor too. (laughs) So I just sort of like bookmarked it and, um, trusted that whatever was gonna whatever I needed to know from it was gonna come through I have a tendency to um, not necessarily try to get too deep into those moments that I really I know that it's gonna reveal and it's right timing and so that happened <laughs> and then I I must not have been that much... Longer or later, when we had the session that you're referring to, where you were on the table, and I remember that moment too. It was a very distinct uh, <laughs> session, and I believe it was it was earlier on in the session where there was there was an opening that occurred. And for me, it's I'm having to find my own language for it too because <laughs> I feel like I speak so much in terms of energetics and awakening. So I really love you pointing to these experiences is like a mushroom trip (laughs) because I think it creates something that there's more familiarity around. People have glimpsed or experiences with medicine or plant medicine. And truly it is because what's happening is where we're not you utilizing the substance in those moments as a, as a tool or as an opening or as a bridge into um, a realization or different kind of experience. But we're actually accessing an expanded level of consciousness, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. through uh, our intentions and um, and using a couple a couple of maps and guideposts that I've become <laughs> very familiar with, in order to make that a shared and collaborative experience. And so. There was just something really beautiful unfolding between us and with the intentions you had brought into the space mm-hmm. that, um, you know, it created the right environment for a real peak experience to happen. And uh, and so we were in this space and the way I remember it is there was a moment of even de- deeper recognition that felt like it built on that initial moment we had when you first walked into my office where it went even beyond the like the human of like, Oh, have I seen you before? I know you feel familiar. And it opened up all the way into soul. And mm-hmm. so it felt like in those moments, the veil dropped away, there was no separation between human and soul. And I, I could feel how long we've known each other, like how many times we've done this. And it just it cracked my heart open because I, on a human level, I have such a love for you, Shana. And on a soul level, it was, it was just so cool to have that moment when I could really feel like we know each other and we have such deep love for each other. And here we are on earth in these bodies doing the thing. <laughs>
0: the thing.
1: Oh, yeah, I... So I was already in that, that space there and I could feel I could, I could feel you recognize it too, and not yeah. to put words in your mouth, but <laughs> I like I, it, it felt like I could only go to that depth because you were in that depth with me as well. Like there was just something shared that happened. So <laughs> in those moments, it's my own sense of like knowing is very uh, open, yeah. And so you suggested <laughs> be, or began to suggest. The idea for Soul Collective, or at that point, I think it was more for just collaboration. I'm not even sure if there was a name on it yet. Again, I don't remember details because I'm so in the field in those moments. (laughs) I'm not really words. I'm actually listening to the energy. Mm -hmm. So the energy came through you and I already had a recognition of what it was going to be. Mm -hmm. One, because of the the moment when I first got pinged. Yeah. And secondly, because we're in this this soul opening experience. And so it's very easy to track the energies in those moments. And what I mean by that is to track the intention behind your share. So I knew exactly what you were, (laughs) what you were asking and I could already feel the timeline that had opened up to present it Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: that it would be a a really incredible experience for both of us and for all of the beings that we're going to get to share this with us in the future. And so it's almost it's hard for me to describe because it's it's not looking at time as being quite linear. So I can say like a future timeline. But in that moment, it's like I, we were living all that it was about to be and will ever be and touching it and the the here and now of that moment. And so it was a very easy yes for me because I could I could feel, see all of it through our shared body and the, the collaborative experience we were having.
0: Yeah. Totally. My heart is, like, cracked open right now as you, like... I know. All of I this. Ah, the visuals I'm getting right now are freaking crazy because of everything that you're pointing to. And just to loop the audience in, one of the gifts that Felicia and I have really strong access to is our visual track. And... It makes me actually think of all the women inside of the Soul Collective that are starting to have this intuitive gift open up for them as well, because the truth is we all have access to these beautiful intuitive gifts of tracking. And as we heal more ruptures in our nervous system, it's just easier to access and it becomes more natural. And just talking about all of this is actually making me really inspired to share another story I remember there was a time when we were working together and I was like, Felicia, I have an itch to do ayahuasca. And you gave me this beautiful grasshopper answer where you won't share your opinion, but it's beautiful because you really allow me to discover that answer for myself. And I remember we had a session And it was like my first spiritual awakening because my heart cracked open and I felt connected to everyone and everything. And my first thought was, oh my God, this is what ayahuasca has to be, but I am dead sober right now. So it made me realize like, oh my God, we are so much more powerful than we think. And I mean, yeah, I believe plant medicine definitely holds a value for people, but in that moment, it made me realize that I personally didn't need any of that because we are mad gifted all on our own and have this beautiful consciousness that can drop us into a level of mind that doesn't need substance. And it was such a beautiful experience that everyone has access to, which is incredible. So everything that you're naming is just cracking my heart open to all of the times that we've been able to do that. and. I think before working with you, I was so independent and had the mindset of, I'm the self-healer. I got this. I don't need anyone to help me because I can do this all on my own. Thank you. And <laughs> That's a beautiful part of me that has given me so much success in life. But what I didn't understand before working with you was that there's actually three streams to healing and awakening. And the self-to-self work that I was doing was only one third of the whole so, for me to access more well being in my nervous system, for me to heal and thrive on an even deeper level and access even more of the magic that life has to offer, it was actually through being in collaboration with another. And in this case, being in collaboration and in connection with you. So, you really opened me up to the fact that we're not meant to go through life alone. And in fact, our neurobiology is not built for that. Like literally our bodies need connection to feel regulated and feeling regulated is what allows us to attract better things into our lives. So how special is it that we can bring all of our unique essences together to do the practical, like healing the childhood attachment trauma, but Also use the streams of self to other and self to community to cultivate more well-being in our systems and access more of who we truly are as these beautiful divine souls. And just like our attachment teacher, Peter Cummings, who will be on the podcast very soon always says, well-being is cultivated through restful connection with another being so there's actually certain aspects of healing that require another person to be there for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and it's such a fundamental part of it is we can go in and we can heal the places and we can look at all the parts of ourselves that sort of got um, frozen or stuck in a, a wounded experience. But when we come together in community, in self to community or self to other, which is basically just, you know, names on different kinds of containers and different dynamics, right? Like self to self, working with yourself, uh, self to other, working with another, obviously. And, and then, you know, the same thing, self coming to (laughs) community, self explanatory. But one of the beautiful things when you have the mirroring and the reflection of somebody else, especially who has, Aligned their own being in their own system a particular way, um, and hold the intention of really seeing this person that they're with in their in their essence, in the entirety of their makeup, in their their wholeness, in their divine nature. To whatever capacity they have access to viewing another person mm-hmm. in that way, then it it really does work just like a mirror, where we create an opportunity for the person on the other side receiving that presence to access these places in themselves that they might not have been aware of, right? And in a lot of ways, that is the, the medicine that is actually needed to allow these more painful or hurt places that live inside our bodies to resolve. And so what a cool thing that we can do that. And when you get a whole community of beings together, every single person is going to have a different makeup, they're going to have a different energetic constitution based on you know, a couple of different things. There are depending on what life experiences we go through when we're younger, we might develop certain defensive strategies or protections. But on the other side of that, that means that we've gotten really proficient at certain skill sets. So the more that we heal those uh, defensive strategies and the wounds, we actually have a lot of access to um, a gift that just came from that wound that is just very available that another person might need to actually develop Mm -hmm. over time or have another person mirroring back to them what that particular gift or wisdom quality feels like, looks like, how it expresses. So what happens then is like through these different constitutions, if you get in a big group together, and you've got you know several people just offering you presence. That's agendaless. That isn't trying to fix or change you in any way. You are automatically receiving a transmission of the gifts that that person holds. So it's highlighting where they live in you, in particular. And then even outside of like the gifts we develop through our our childhood experiences, I believe not believe. I need to just drop that word from my vocabulary. <laughs> I feel sometimes um, because a lot of what I've learned has become more of a, a knowing, like something that I've I've come to from direct experience. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to change my verbiage on that <laughs> the yeah. experience I've had and know to be true through myself and those I've supported and communities I've supported and been a part of what I've come to find is there's also soul gifts that come through us that are things we've cultivated through other lifetimes or even just as an aspect of our our unique essence, mm-hmm. and it comes through us and we can gain more and more embodied access to that. So again, it's like that's what we're carrying when we're bringing into a collective group space. And one of the things that I love doing with you so much, Shana, is that like we get to reflect back to other people what their already existing gifts are that they don't have to like work towards that are just present and alive through them. And we get to show them how that's actually supporting another person too, which how cool is that to be able to like share your gifts in the here and now without having to do or change anything about yourself, but to be and be supportive of another person too there's something that's life-giving I think in that at least for me oh (laughs) 100%
0: yeah no I I love all these talking points you're talking about because I think we're so used to like I need to do the thing in order to feel worthy or I need to do something in order to successfully support another person But what you've taught me and what we've collaborated and created inside of the Soul Collective is showing women that their presence and the way that they're viewing the other person that they're holding space for is all that is required for healing and transformation to occur. Like it gets to be easier than what we were taught. You know, you have so much healing magic through your being, your essence, your awareness And like you were talking about with the mirror neurons, this is why this work isn't woo, you guys. It is literally science-based. We have these mirror neurons and we need true reflections and mirroring from another person so that we can find these truths within ourselves. And when we have a community that comes together, everyone, like you said, has a unique essence with easier access to different gifts. So for example, someone might have a more... Warm mama energy that's just so soft and loving and compassionate that's medicine for someone else in the group, or someone might need the stability, the truth, the discernment that I got you and I can hold you in all of it type of energy that someone in the space has. And so, what's so cool is that when the women come together with us each week, we get to reflect those natural gifts that they already have and use them in the space. So, for example. We can say, hey, Jen, presence Lauren right now. Check her square out. And what I mean by that is we do this on Zoom so anyone can join from all over the world. And it's literally through the power of Jen's awareness and loving presence that creates that bond, that connection, and ultimately that healing for the part that was hurting inside of Lauren. So what's so cool in this example is the fact that Jen didn't have to do anything for Lauren, right? It was just through her presence with Lauren in that moment that created the shift, the, the remedy for Lauren's nervous system.
1: Which is a pretty, it's like, it's simple and profound at the same time because so many of us had never had these experiences before, right? It's, the, there's so much cultural conditioning around go, 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 do, 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 that often we haven't had the experience of another's full, uh, unconditional and accepting presence. And so it's like we come together and we get to create a container where we can slow down and sort of give the the pointers uh to allow that to just naturally happen and so much of it is that it's like the safety of the container is so necessary because Mm -hmm. often we're in avoidance of of resting fully in presence in connection with our own hearts and our own being because there's um there's an unconscious fear there's unconscious fear that says something's going to go wrong or I won't be received or it's not okay, or I should be doing something else. And so when we create the right environment to access the present moment and to, to become familiar with staying there, with resting there with stabilizing there, then it's just, it's pretty magical. What can unfold. It's like we're connecting back to this, like for lack of a better word, it's this like inherent innate intelligence that exists through each of us right it's through me and through you and Mm -hmm. through this field of awareness and energy and that's another thing that we tap in together too is coming together in these groups it's it's not about like like a leader and a student, necessarily, we're really exploring a completely new territory, a way of learning and being together. Where sure we might offer some guidance and help set up a really safe container. But when we get into this space, what we're really cultivating is this sense of a group body and the yeah. unique alchemy of whoever happens to be present that day, that moment, and what can happen with this alchemy. Like, really joins forces with shared intention. And so, we'll do a lot of that too, pointing to our already existing group body that actually honors the individual, mm-hmm. but from a place that's interconnected. So, it's a different way of being than um, like hyper dependence or codependence. It's like, where do we find the healthy meeting place where there's community and an honoring of all of the uniqueness of each being? It's a fun place to be. <laughs> it's
0: a really fun place to be. Yeah. And like you highlighted, it's like we're here to stand shoulder to shoulder with all of the women in the container versus like, we're up here and you're down here. It's like, no, this is a community where everyone has beautiful medicine. And like my essence is going to have a different flavor than another woman in the container. And that's beautiful. It's like, that's why when you say one body, it's like, well, we come together, all of our essences come together. And it's like, we have everything we possibly need. Through community. Mm -hmm. Now, I do want to dive deeper into the topic of co-regulation, specifically because we were talking about how resting in being achieves more than doing. And I'm sure some people are hearing this and thinking, what the fuck do they mean resting in being achieves more than doing, (laughs) you know? So I want to give a practical example, because I think when someone you love is struggling emotionally, whether it's a friend, a family member, your partner, or even your kid, all you want to do is make them feel better, right? So we typically go into problem-solving mode for them immediately, or we go into, it's okay, look at the bright side, look at all these good things that are happening, everything happens for a reason, or, oh my God, what a fucking asshole, and What I've learned is that although your intentions are so pure, like so pure because you genuinely just want to help the other person and support them through their hard time, the thing is these responses typically just stir the energy around in a way that's not helping it resolve in their system. So when you learn how to effectively co-regulate with a loved one and rest in being with them as they go through their process something organically just starts to happen and shift in a really positive, beautiful way. Now, if it's hard to hold space for someone without trying to change their unpleasant experience, I want you all to realize that this is a skill set that gets easier with more practice, and the Soul Collective finally allows you that space to have that training ground with like-minded women to get better at this gift that you already have. Because co-regulation is less of a new skill that you need to learn and more like a skill set you forgot you naturally had, okay? But I do want to give also our listeners, Felicia, an important tip here to get their wheels turning because as you learn to co-regulate with another person in this way, it's also very important to remember that the person that you're holding space for is 100% going to get through whatever they're experiencing, And that they have the resiliency to come out the other side because they're already whole. Like this event, this emotion, this situation that they're dealing with currently is just a fleeting feeling. It's a fleeting moment versus who they actually are. So when you just presence them with no agenda, like you're not attached to a certain outcome and just hold them in that truth, that inner knowing that they will get through this, it's amazing What can happen for that other person? It's like your awareness and the way you view people, you guys, directly impacts their nervous system. I'm going to repeat that again because I think it's really important. Your awareness and the way you view people directly impacts their nervous system. So when we learn to stay in that alignment, magic happens. Like quite literally, I see it in the soul collective. I see it in my own life. And I know I can speak for Felicia when I say we see this in our clients every single week. It's like when we co-regulate in this way without having to fix or change the other person's direct experience, the emotion or sensation that they feel naturally resolves and they embody this beautiful well-being or their heart cracks open or they get these crazy beautiful visuals or an epiphany, a breakthrough just naturally comes to them. And it all happened just because of the view you held them in, you know?
1: Yeah, it, it feels like the insight or the the actual thing that you do need to do moving forward, it comes in the aftermath, right? It comes after you've received a certain level of presence or you've offered your yourself that level of presence uh, and just awareness around what is unfolding, what is arising in the present moment. And then it's almost like clearing the space so that you're available for the insight to drop in, for that direct knowing to come through, for the intuitive decision to be accessible and for there to be a trust with whatever the movement is that's needed. And I like what you're pointing to around like being um, in comparison to doing, because to me it feels like it's a pendulum swing. And so if we're really working on accessing that place inside of us that has the answers, that knows what to do, then there is um, for a little while, it's like we can swing the pendulum from doing into being, practice resting in a state of being without needing to do anything. So we're pausing the doing so that we can find a more grounded state of consciousness within ourselves. And then when it is time to take action in our life, then we're doing it from this very, very grounded, embodied, connected, supported Mm -hmm. state. And so what happens then is we actually have a lot more energy to give to what we're doing. Those actions are going to be more aligned actions. Some will use the word right action, Mm -hmm. uh, which means that they're going to be life giving They're going to bring more abundance back to us, more feelings of fulfillment, more love, more connection, because it's not uh, it's not a, a loop in just doing that doesn't have any ground. That's just sort of cycling itself, trying to fix something or change something, but isn't based in something that feels more secure, solid or loving. So we're swinging the pendulum and we're giving people the training ground. For that, where the body can feel safe to actually touch into, all right, what is this? What is this being you're all talking about, right? Mm-hmm. And so, when we have the collective presence, like the group community space, or the self to other space, where we're in more um, like dyads, mm-hmm. then uh, it's it's just a beautiful way to permission a touch in. To that space of co-regulation, which can bring you deeper into this uh, well-being within your own body, mm-hmm. so it's like we can access it through another to deepen it within ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is the best way to say it. So yeah, co-regulation is such a huge part of this, and and you're absolutely right. It's like this is based in in science in a lot of ways. Like if you start looking uh, at our animal bodies, and even comparing it to animals in the wild like we have similarities in our, in our makeup and our biology that let's say like a pride of lions have. And yeah. if you look, it's like, they'll all, um, they'll all sleep like close to each other and cuddled. Right. And, um, that's it's on purpose, right? It's not just this like primal instinctual thing. There's actually a, a biological, um, resonance that's happening through the limbic system, through the nervous system that is allowing them to sort of reset so that when it's time for them to go out on their own and hunting, right? Like the doing part, they're doing it from a very grounded place. And and we're very similar in that way too. And, and unfortunately, it's like we're in cultures and societies now, right. That don't perpetuate those kind of habits. And so we're kind of needing to take it upon ourselves now to reestablish those, uh, those ways of being. And so co-regulation is one of them.
0: Yeah, totally. I love that you're pointing to this because I know when I started to get into this work and it's funny, I've attracted clients that were just like me that had been prided on the whole concept of I can do it myself. And in fact, I should do this myself. If I need support, it means that I'm weak and can't handle my shit. So co-regulation in the beginning was an edge for me to do You know, I used to feel resistant out of shame thinking, oh my God, do I really need someone to help me out with this? And I also never had done it before or even been in that vulnerable space with someone and be received like that. But once you do it, it's like, holy shit, there is so much medicine in this. So for my client that comes into my practice, fiercely independent, but deep down knowing that they need support. Because they haven't found a way to move the needle on their own. I always point to what you're talking about, Felicia. Like, I'll show them a picture of a line and say, do you see how fucking fierce and badass this line is? Guess what they do to be this fierce and go off on their own and be independent? They co-regulate with all the other lines in the pride. And this is exactly what we're built for. So it's actually not weak to reach and be met. It's what we are built for and biologically wired for. And this is what strengthens our nervous system to build resiliency, to create more well-being and do even more shit on our own. So I think it's a huge paradigm shift for people to be like, oh, it's actually not a sign of weakness to co-regulate with someone and have someone hold me as I process an emotion or an experience because it's what allows that energy to leave my body so that I have new energy to receive more of the things that I truly want in life, you know?
1: (laughs) Well, what you shared just sparked a memory for me. And I remember learning at some point about uh, a specific tribe where the women it was part of their culture where they would just they would carry the babies on their bodies for the first couple years of their life primarily like they would do their work with the babies on them like there was a lot of um contact like skin to skin contact um for a vast majority of their early life mm-hmm. And they followed these children through time and got to see how they turned out as, you know, as young, as older children, as younger adults, as adults and their level of interdependence, their like ability to take risks, their confidence, like all of these very measurable qualities were like just extraordinary from that level of connection initially. So it's just, it's so fascinating for me to see because, you know, so much of what we learn, or some of the um, pre-existing parenting um, uh, strategies, I guess you could call them, are t- to create independence in your child. Right, you've got to um, sort of send, set them up to be independent initially, to like encourage them to go out and do things on their own and all of that. And well, I think there's a place for that. It's it's valuable and and we need that. I think often it happens beyond the timing, the natural timing and pacing of the child. And so what happens is then it leaves this like this unmet need stuck in our bodies that says, like, I'm not going to I'm not going to get the connection that I actually need to to access this natural state of independence. And so I don't think it's necessarily that something's wrong in the parenting. I think the timing is just a little bit um, could be adjusted. A little bit, yeah, okay. and it, it would be interesting to to see what that looks like right here in our culture in the West, and what kind of uh, adults that would produce. So that's always my curiosity, and I like to just stay open and and keep learning. And what I have found is through co regulation and through everything that you know, Shana and I are are pointing to, is that we're kind of going back and we're repairing. So it's like we're getting to redo childhood as adults. And it's like, we're becoming those children who got to stay on their mama's bodies for as long as they needed to before there was the natural impulse to move out and explore the world and take risks and adventure and try things and all of that. And we can do that. Our bodies are so incredible. Like it's, it's, there isn't a Like a too late moment is what I've found. You know, working with anyone from people in their early twenties to people in
0: their late sixties and beyond. You know, one hundred percent. And I believe it was Dr. Wayne Dyer who said it's never too late to have a happy childhood. And I know that this is what he was pointing to. It's like through adult attachment repair, through co-regulation, what we teach inside of the Soul Collective we're able to repair those missed experiences so that the little parts in your nervous system, or in other words, your inner child can grow up, which allows you to feel even more capable of handling shit on your own. It's like through joining a community like the Soul Collective and learning the nuances of giving and receiving co-regulation, you finally get to step out into the world with more drive, more capability, and more resiliency. And it's kind of funny because it's like a paradox, right? Because it's through connection, through co regulation, you get more capable of being independent and moving through anything life throws your way. And I want to highlight and reiterate and really drive this message home that our parents did the best that they could with the resources they had at the time. And quite honestly, no one really knew the importance of secure attachment and co-regulation. Like no one knew this was even a thing 10, 20 years ago. This work wasn't really mainstream or common parenting advice. So if there are any moms out there that are listening to this right now thinking, oh my God, did I fuck up my kid? Or, oh my God, I had no idea I needed to co-regulate with them through all of their emotions or oh my God, I thought they needed to learn how to self-regulate all on their own, or oh my God, it was too triggering to constantly be around my kids' negative emotions and tantrums and meltdowns. So I did walk away or I did shame them all the time. And I want to highlight you probably had the absolute best intentions to raise your kid with love and support. And all we're saying here is that it's never too late for you to repair your attachment system because I'm sure your parents didn't do this whole co-regulation thing when you were a kid either, right? That's where family inherited trauma stems from. It's like if our parents didn't have the nervous system capacity to hold us, that's why we have such low nervous system capacity to hold our kids in that. But the good news is that it's not too late for you and it's not too late for your kids that might be adults right now to repair their attachment systems. And how cool is it that we now have this information easily accessible for the generation now and the women aspiring to have kids in the future? It's like you now know that holding your kid through their waves of emotions is not coddling them. And like you said, Felicia, kids have their own natural pace. So we get to trust that. When they're ready to separate and be more independent, they will absolutely do that. I think that's what's so cool about the intelligence of our human body. It's like our bodies know how to develop. And all we need to do is give our kids bodies and nervous systems the right environment in order to thrive. So with raising an infant, yes, you hold them 24-7. Yes, you co-regulate with them as they grow up and support them through their hard times, whether they're feeling angry or sad or rage or guilt or fear, because through co-regulation, you're teaching them how the world works. You're teaching them how their bodies work, how their nervous systems work, and how it's normal and very natural to have positive and negative emotions as they start to grow up. And the next developmental stage that they'll go through is starting to have their own autonomy. And they'll start to say things like, no, mom, I want to do it. And you let them go, right? You let them explore their world while you're at a distance watching them instead of being this helicopter parent. So they learn how the world works even more. And I feel like it's a different stage for every kid, but every kid will go through this natural process of separation. And a desire for more independence when they are ready. And consistent co-regulation and connection with your child as they grow up just allows their nervous system to develop in a way that when they do become independent, they're really going to thrive. Like adulthood is going to be much easier for them because you taught them that they have the capability to move through any hard times and any hard emotions that life throws their way. So to come full circle here, in order to not get so triggered by our kids' emotions and tantrums and meltdowns, we need to build our nervous system capacity to hold them in that, to co-regulate them with ease. And we do this through repairing our attachment systems first, because I'd argue that most of us listening didn't have that emotional attunement and consistency of co-regulation when we were young. Because like I mentioned earlier, no one knew how important this was for our nervous systems to to like thrive and to develop. But how cool is it that when we receive co-regulation as adults today, we completely repair what was missed in our childhood and get to grow up into these beautiful, capable, resilient adults that have mad strength in our nervous systems. And as you embody how to receive co-regulation for yourself it becomes even easier to co-regulate your kids through anything that they go through.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you, you shared something really important, which I really like, which is that, you know, every parent, every person is doing the best that they can with what they know. And so we can really, we can honor that. And for me, the way I see it, it's like we can hold two truths at once, yes. whereas this is one of them, the truth that everyone's doing the best that they can based on what they know. And then the other truth that, and there was impact when something yes. got as childhood. So it's an acknowledgement of that impact within every being in order to make the repair. And it doesn't have to be an either or, or we can, we can hold them simultaneously for healing to occur. And and the beauty of that is, like you know, when I've worked with parents, and I'm I'm sure you've had similar experience as well, is when you know the mom, the dad, the the parent, the the caregiver, goes in and they start getting repair on their own inner child parts and these unmet attachment needs, then there's a an immediate impact on the child Mm -hmm. or the children that sometimes there's not even anything that's spoken. It's felt. And so it's transmitted. And so the child just naturally starts behaving differently is uh, receiving a different sort of energetic signal and, and things start to just completely change. And it's just, it's, it's incredible to see because you see it enough times where it's like, it's not, it's not deniable. Like you can't not Uh, You can't not see it. It becomes doubtless, the impact. I've seen some wild things like a child just like shifts their being night and day after the parent works um, a really deep process or pattern. Yes.
0: Yes. And that's why I love to reiterate this because you have such a great point here. It's like, this is why it's not selfish to put your needs first because it actually ripples and impacts everyone you're in contact with, including your family line. For example, you might have ruptures with a certain person in your family, and as you repair the rupture in your nervous system, all of a sudden your dynamic starts to shift with them, and you didn't have to directly repair it with that specific person in order to heal. It's like as you heal those wounds inside of the soul collective with a somatic attachment therapist, an energy worker, whatever it may be, it naturally impacts your relationships in such a beautiful way.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it ripples both directions and it ripples through time too, if you want to um, take a wider view, mm-hmm. where it's you're healing family lineage trauma, when we go in and do this work. And so you're you're setting up the line moving forward, and you're actually liberating the line backward behind you. And it, it's just that is also a pretty cool feeling because it's like, as you heal, you are of service to all of these beings and beings that you may not ever even meet it's like you're we are each a node in this collective consciousness and so when we when we liberate something within ourselves the impact ripples through the whole collective consciousness mm-hmm. and then when we get together and group in community and we have something that's shared we have a wound that's shared and we get in there and we bring presence to it, and whatever medicine is needed that's available through the alchemy of the group, then you get to see how some of these patterns connect to the wider culture, connect to the world, like different yeah. aspects of the world culture. And so you start to see where, we're, where this individual work has just so many positive implications that sometimes are realized and felt. And I think other times it's just... There's just a knowing, and you you can sort of feel it in the energetics, like that. What's actually happening as we, yeah, as we really like shift our our being.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. And I want to backpedal to a point you were talking about of holding two truths at once. That's something you actually taught me when we were working one on one together. Was I was the kind of person that um, went straight to the, let me put myself in their shoes. Like they did the best they could. Mm-hmm. And I bypassed the the pain and the rupture it actually caused in me. And I think that was a huge part of what even contributed to my chronic illness. And the journey I went through after my dad took his life was like, I understood why he did it. Or like, I understood these things that happened in my childhood or happened in high school that I didn't process how painful it was. And I think probably because there was a fear of like, oh, I don't, I don't want to fucking feel that pain. Mm. Um, and I think people pendulum swing either my way or they pendulum swing to like, they did something wrong, like what the hell, and they don't hold the view of like, they did the best they could, they didn't know better. So I think in order for true healing to occur, we actually need the both. We need the two truths at once because we're not meant to only ride on one thing of like they wronged me or only ride on they did the best they could. They actually didn't know how much pain they caused. When we have both understandings, it's actually what allows that pain in your body that you've been holding so long to actually transmute Mm -hmm. because it's like we're not processing emotion to keep that pain going. Like, I always say there's a difference between being a true victim and a true creator of your reality, because I know that when I've worked with clients, sometimes they're like, "Ah, it just feels edgy to feel this emotion or process this because I know that they did the best that they could. And I don't want to feel like a victim. And it's like, totally, because we don't want you to sit in the victimhood. What we want you to sit in is in the direct experience of like, you're feeling a pain in your body right now. For example, there's grief here or anger here or sadness here. So let's just feel that pain, that emotion together so that it finally metabolizes this time around. And then you can rest in the truth of like, I can let this go because they did the best that they could.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's such an incredible way of saying it. It's like, it's like being directly with the emotion, which doesn't actually necessarily require villainizing anyone or becoming a victim. There can be an emotion without a story. And maybe we even start with the situation or the story to work our way backward into the direct experience, into the somatic feeling, into the emotion, into the energy that's held within the body. But as long as we're getting to that place, then the other, yeah, the villain or victim, it isn't actually required for something to completely resolve and liberate, which it's just like, how cool is that? Like, so great. once again, it's (laughs) like, it gets to be
0: easier than what we were taught. But because it wasn't what we were taught, there's a little bit of a transition period of like, it it really gets to be this easy. I just need to feel what's in my body. And um, that's what we teach in Soul Collective is like teaching you and like riding that wave with you because there is a toggle, but it's like, but I've always talked about it or like, I've always been the half glass full person or I've always wanted to just fix it with my conscious mind. Right. There's like a learning period that we get to hold your hand through because we've all we have all been there (laughs) and we still toggle to that. Like I still I call it my narrator. Like when I do a mini, sometimes I'll be like, hey, my narrator's here. I need to like give you some context so I can finally just drop into the body. So it's like, you get to have that narrator. She's done some really great things. I'm and what I'm talking to is parts work. Um, because we all have these different parts to us. So we get to love that narrator, that doer, and just like give her a different role or just teach her a new way. That's actually easier than what she's been working so hard to protect.
1: Totally. And and we only know what we know until we know something new. <laughs> and that's yeah. okay. like, we don't Ooh. need to like penalize ourselves for that and i think that's part of the unconditioning process is coming out of the critic by getting to know the critic and having our critic be loved maybe first by another and then it opens up this level of acceptance towards it for ourselves and i wanted to circle back to to what you said cuz you used the word mini so i just wanted to reference really quick oh thank you yeah, of course. What we're pointing to with the mini is the self to other. So, coming into a container where one person is essentially holding space for another person um, to process or digest an experience or something that was triggering or overwhelming, um, which is one of the practices that we actually teach inside the soul collective that has been so transformative in my own life like completely transformative completely well I mean there may still be a little more to, (laughs) to do but transformed in a big way my own relationship to being able to reach out and be mad especially when things are hard and And it's, I I think that's something that we all hold a lot of is this idea of like, I can do it myself. Like I've got this myself and there's a wisdom in that belief, right? There's a way that that served, it protected us on some level because perhaps there weren't safe containers. There weren't places that were available that were emotionally attuned where you could trust the support from another. So again, containers and safety is such a huge element of this. And We get to um, then practice reaching out and being met in uh, safe places. And it repairs that trust not only with another, but it repairs the trust within ourselves, which then allows us to take bigger leaps of faith in our life and to follow the impulses of our heart and to um, use the word resilience as well, which I love. And to me, it's like you can face a challenge in your life and bounce back so much more quickly and I think that's one of the the cornerstones of having a secure attachment system is being able to have emotional resiliency in the face of these these life challenges and I can say like that's something that I haven't like personally measured for myself <laughs> <laughs> along my own journey because it just it started to become so obvious and when you have somebody, supporting you and reflecting back to you. the contrast of where you were to where you are now, it's, it's, again, it's, it becomes undeniable. And I feel like in a big way I could face anything and I know I'd be okay. I know I'd come back. I know that these wounded parts of me aren't the entirety of who I am, but just like a moment in time. And there's a, that, that knowing changes the way that you view reality and the way oh, you yeah. Like it changes the quality of life on such a, such a deep level.
0: Yeah, 100%. And I feel like because we weren't taught how to process our more vulnerable emotions, we're oftentimes scared that we're going to get stuck there or get lost in them. And I know that's why when we thought about the Soul Collective and what it would entail, we were like, we need minis. We absolutely need to teach how to give and receive minis because it's changed our life so much and has built that resiliency in our nervous systems to learn how to feel what's held in our body and having someone there really does create that sense of safety like okay i can't get lost in this because i have someone here holding me and holding the ground but it's still an edge in the beginning i remember when i first started doing minis i was thinking this is great but it was a whole other up level to actually reach for a mini when i was triggered or overwhelmed so It took me time to even think about asking for a mini in those overwhelming um, like moments in time. But once you start to do it and build more awareness on when your nervous system needs some resource or needs a mini, you start to realize how much better you feel in just five minutes. And then you get more proof and more trust because the results are undeniable So like you were saying, this builds that resiliency and that self-trust and you start thinking, oh, now I'm not so afraid of anything I go through because I'm so familiar with the sensations and emotions in my body and I'm able to get through to the other side time and time again and feel better because I think almost most of us were taught the top-down approach of our thoughts create our feelings. I know when I was even trained in hypnotherapy, that was the framework that we were taught. And although I'm still obsessed with using hypnotherapy audios, I stopped doing memory regressions with my clients because through the work I did with you, I noticed going into the body created way more lasting shifts. So what we're teaching inside of the Soul Collective and with our clients is that bottom up approach it's really that we have a sensation or emotion in the body and that's what's creating our thoughts and stories so minis are just a way to finally slow down drop our awareness into the body so that the energy can finally process and metabolize
1: yeah and and for me the most logical way to think of it is like if we actually look at development when we're little babies we have impulse, like we actually start in the world through impulse and we don't have words for it and we don't even understand the feelings, but there'll be an impulse in the body. Maybe it's as an adult, we label it like, oh, they're cold or hot or hungry or agitated or need soothing or something. But for the baby, it just shows up as a sensory experience first. And then as they grow, then there's it's like there's more emotion and there's feeling and there starts to be like communication through emotion, right? They'll communicate what they need through movement and um, facial expressions and crying, right? And then they get a little bit older and it's not just a feeling. There's there's a sort of an identity with a feeling of like, I feel this rather than like this emotion is arising through me. It's not like I'm feeling this way. I'm feeling that way. I feel angry. I feel sad and then you get a little bit older and we start to have more of our cognition online our our mental body our ability to think and reason and rationalize and beliefs begin to get created to be able to navigate this world so we start like um, we start seeing cause and effect and we start having these like a lot of awareness around these relational experiences right if I do this what happens here we can think about it and, uh, they're all skill sets that we absolutely need in this, in this reality. Okay. Right. And so to me, it's like, that's why it makes so much sense to go from the bottom up and it's, it's was our natural developmental way as well. So now if you figure, you know, something happened or there was something that was missed when we were younger, like, um, um, let's say that we needed more, we needed soothing, we needed to be soothed, which is actually a developmental need. And it wasn't available, or let's say a parent had a lot of anxiety moving through their body. And so it didn't, the child didn't feel fully received or satiated or soothed. Mm -hmm. Now, it starts with impulse, right? That's starting with feeling there's an impulse to reach out, And the expectation that is that someone's going to be there to meet them, right? But then if it doesn't come or it doesn't come consistently, and according to attachment uh, data and statistics, we actually only need to get it right as a parent working with attachment. What is it like 30% or something? I
0: literally dropped that in the first episode. I'm like, guys, we don't even have to do this shit Perfectly. So I love that you're pointing to that again. The mind learns <laughs> by repetition. So I'm like all for that is something I want to just carry all the time. It's like, I think women get nervous of like, oh, am I, you know, am I doing it right? Am I being the best mother I possibly can be? And it's like, yes. And then you learn all this attachment stuff and you only got to get it right 30% mm. of the time. But you're going to be well above that. Like, how exciting is that?
1: Yeah, pressure's off. And also you learn about how to make a repair when you're off for the, for the little one and you're good to go. You're great. You're doing good.
0: Right. So that's, that's just so beautiful. And that's why I think what's so cool, once again, coming back to this whole point, it's not selfish to put your needs first. Cause it's like you, you need to receive co-regulation. And when you get that embodied transmission of what it's like to receive, it's so much easier to give. So it's like, you can use this skill set with your baby your kids your friends like your partner like me and my husband do minis like it's it's something that's and my husband always is like oh shit like this is actually so much easier than like me having a problem solver like I just need to presence you like great so it actually takes the pressure off but when we learn the skill set it, it we can use it outside mm-hmm. but it starts with like we need we need to receive it and once you receive it it's a lot easier to give it.
1: It's so true. There's something that you said. So what's cool about that, too, is I feel like because there's like an impulse through a lot of us to want to give advice or to share to to share our lived experience and the wisdom, which, you know, that's giving a gift too to be able to like share that wisdom and it's like, it's about the timing. So if somebody is really triggered or there's like an emotional experience that hasn't fully digested that is probably related to some backlog, there might be some reenactment happening where you're kind of stuck in a cycle or pattern. The life experience keeps repeating. It just looks slightly different, you know, on the surface. But if we go for giving advice when a person is in that state, they're actually not available to receive it. And so what's happening is there's like a primal experience that's taken over. We're in more of our survival system. And so now it's like the the highest priority in that moment that the, the body is prioritizing is like, come back down here with me, be with me, be in acceptance of what's happening here so that it can digest and you can open back up to actually receive whatever wisdom needs to come in whether it's from another person's lived experience or whether it's something you're guided to whether it's an insight that just drops in but it's it's the timing
0: piece right oh God, if we so do it the other way
1: around cool. like it just doesn't it doesn't drop in it can't land
0: I love that you're bringing this up it's so true it's timing I, and because we just want to make the other person feel better we think oh like let me just say it now but it's like no presence like this like emotion that is just firing off on all cylinders right now and then we can talk about that because like you said like we all ha- hold beautiful wisdom and advice but if, wrong, if it's at the wrong time it, it, it's it's not ideal and it, I talk about this with you know women that have kids it's like when they're feeling emotion the last thing you want to do is like discipline or explain why their actions were wrong it's like presence the emotion and then they they slow down, and then you can, it's like, then they switch to the left brain. Like in the beginning, they're in their right brain firing on, they're like, meet me in my emotion. So it's like, if you just presence the emotion, which is why Minnie's kind of helps you learn the nuances to attune to that, then they finally, there's a natural siloing that occurs because we're resilient beings. We can move through these waves of emotion. And then when they slow down, they're back into that left brain where they can receive the advice or the wisdom or the discipline, like, "Hey, mm-hmm. you shouldn't have done that," right? Like, they can be way more receptive because they they felt met first. Like, all of us want to feel met first,
1: you know. Percent, yeah, it works the same way for adults too. And yeah, I found that when we shift the order like this, that it also just naturally develops a kindness towards the yeah. self. Because, you know, how many of us have tried to receive information or advice or even if we're not talking about like relationally or emotionally, but in in business, right, or in our work or our creative projects that we're trying to uh, sort of follow a strategy or a structure and it's not working or it's not landing or it's hard to connect to it or you're following it perfectly and it's not working but underneath there's actually a survival uh, program that's running and there's something that's unprocessed. So it's, it's, it can be easy to be like, I'm not good. I'm not doing it right. I'm not enough. Nothing works for me. Right. All of the beliefs that happen in the mental field. Uh, and, and we sort of perpetuate this lack of kindness towards the self. So it's much easier easier when we make the shift in order like this coming back to the self back to the direct experience to not have to necessarily like work at becoming kind to the self in fact like when we reverse the order there more kindness just arises because that is our natural state to be in these healthy relationships with self and so it's it makes the pathway to kindness towards the self much more effortless. So when Shana and I are using words, like it can be easy, there's an effortlessness. We're pointing to this kind of experience here.
0: Yeah. It's like a natural embodiment of who we are. And so we just are, you know, making something that's not very familiar to us more familiar. So we can drop into that. Like you said, that heartfelt energy, that natural wisdom and softness and kindness we've always had. (laughs) That's beautiful. So To wrap up here, because I mean, we've talked about the magic, the essence, and everyone's like unique medicine. We've talked about the science, the attachment, the practical things of co-regulation and minis. Should we kind of just tell them the structure? So it's like we've given them all these like big, beautiful ideas of what is cultivated in the soul collective. And maybe we can break down, you know, what we offer week by week as we meet each week.
1: Yes, I love it. And there was one more thing. Yes, bring it in. Bring it in,
0: please. Bring it that
1: in. That I was sparked earlier and it came back oh. in. I wanted to speak to it. Oh, I'm so, so glad. One thing that I just I think is so freaking cool and fascinating and se- seems to put like all doubt to rest is, you know, we're meeting in so collective on Zoom. So we're in this virtual container. And we've talked a lot about like co-regulation and we've even talked about touch, mm-hmm. like, like um, you know, lions in a pack or like babies on a mama. And we can do this in a virtual space yeah. because our awareness, our presence with another being, it's non-local, which means you can be halfway across the world and still feel like the felt sense through your body, the presence of another And sometimes we'll even, you know, we'll even imagine a hand on somebody's back and that sends the signals through the body, through the chemistry of the body that somebody is there with you. So it's just, it's just pretty incredible what we can do through our presence and our awareness that there's like a way to do it when we're not in physical presence. And so you see that so many times that if there's any belief or story that like things have to be just right in the material world, it puts that to rest yeah. and we're able to still go. So, 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 um, so deep in this capacity, like in a virtual space, you start to trust the power of our awareness and non-locality, which then deepens the trust in our ability to create reality in the lives that we want, we, that we want, even when we can't see the, the material things manifested right in front of us initially. So it it transfers to that, I would say, to be able to do this work in a virtual space is really a gift.
0: Yeah, it's amazing because it's true. We're not our minds, our thoughts, or even our fucking bodies for that matter, right? We are simply the awareness of all of this. And that's what's so special about all the reflections we get from women inside of this soul collective container, because these women are getting the actual direct experience of, oh my God, we're virtual. We're literally thousands and thousands of miles away from each other, yet I still feel you here with me. So that's why I love that we can do this on Zoom so that women of all ages, wherever you are in the world, can have access to co-regulation. It doesn't have to be physical touch. And I mean, we would have never met a lot of our clients or most of the women inside of the Soul Collective if it weren't for technology. So thank God we have it to bring us together through all space and time. Hmm.
1: And it doesn't negate touch either. Touch
0: yeah, is- no, no. Touch is great. We <laughs> love, I know. We love, love, we love the physical. <laughs> and it's, well, it's great because you get your happy medium of like you, you get to be in the virtual world and feel the power of awareness in a virtual space and then you get to bring that into your real life and your personal relationships and then you add touch to it like incredible
1: (laughs) yeah now you're 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 getting into more intimacy comfort with intimacy that's putting you into relational spaces intimacy with the moment intimacy with your work intimacy with wealth and money like all of it It deepens all those relationships
0: Yeah, that's what's so cool because we're not just healing ruptures and learning how to process our emotions. This is also rippling and impacting your relationship with money, abundance, health, business. It's going to impact every single area of your life.
1: It can't not. It's like it's an inevitability. There's a, um, if you look at some of the cornerstones of secure attachment, one of them is stability with finances. Another one is like a newfound connection to creativity. I can't, can't tell you how many times I've had clients randomly share that they, they picked up an instrument or they got back to some something that they did when they were a kid, like dance. So these are all directly correlated with secure attachment, right? It's, it's uh, having intimacy and in relationships is another cornerstone.
0: Yeah, there's just a lot of tangible shifts that go with this work. I mean, the only reason that I even started doing this work on myself was because I was looking at all these other online coaches that I had looked up to at the time. And I was like, huh, okay, all of them are doing this energy work and attachment work. Like there's got to be something to this because if someone told me four years ago that I had attachment trauma I needed to process, I would have been like, um, no, I don't. But I leaned into this work because the results I was seeing from other people doing this work were undeniable. You know, they had healthy relationship dynamics, an incredible income, a business that set their soul on fire, well being in their system. Like you can just feel that through how they're embodying it in their day to day life. I'm a real big believer of embodiment, obviously, and subtle energy. So it's like you can feel when someone is embodied in what they teach. And that's why this work intrigued me. And I'm so glad that I leaned into it because it's not only given me a level of awareness and resiliency to know that I can get through anything life throws my way, but also thrive in all different areas of my life and continue to improve all areas of my life. And what's wild is like if you really think about it, my life shifted through what we teach inside of the soul collective. You know, it's through co-regulation, being seen, heard, and understood, the mirror neurons being reflected what my true essence is. All of these things that we've pointed to that are inside of this community are all the elements that have shifted my life in so many ways. So like you said, it's inevitable for it to ripple and impact every single area of your life. And, I'm just so, so freaking excited that we can finally give more women access to this now.
1: Mm-hmm. I could not agree
0: more. I love it. <laughs> so good. I'm so glad you, you brought that up before we went into structure. So if there's any other things you have to say, feel free to drop it in. But is there anything else that you want? Oh, to- that
1: feels good. I'd love to talk about the structure with you too.
0: Yeah. So we'll just keep it simple. So just so you guys know, we gave you kind of the big umbrella idea of what we You know, bring into the space. But what we do is we meet once a week. Right now it's Wednesdays from 6 to 7 30 p.m. PST. And every week we're giving you something different. So Felicia and I co facilitate the space, but one of us always leads just a little bit more than the other every other week. We blend together. But once again, our essence, we have different gifts. So we, we switch off every other week in that regard. So basically the first week when we meet that first Wednesday, we do a breathwork session to learn how to just practice more of dropping into the body. So that way, when we do do energy work, it's easier to just drop into the field. And obviously, Felicia, I'll let you talk about that. Um, So we'll move through breathwork and then we always do a connection practice, whether it's a mini or um, Felicia and I really like to feel into the field of what is needed. So we'll, if there's, if we feel there's some exercise or connection piece we can bring into the space, we'll we'll bring it in that week. And then week two, we do energy work. So I'll let you talk about what we do there.
1: Yeah, well, one of our intentions has been to really bring a balance between structure and this organic emergent flow. And I think we've we've really done a good job of that. And so moving from um, structure to flow, structure to flow, and then also with some weaving together, it creates enough safety and stability to sort of like try on something that might be newer Mm -hmm. and still be able to lean in to something where there's a more like you'll understand the step by step. Um, So, yeah, that aspect is fun. So the second Wednesday of the month, we'll come together and do some sort of group energy experience. So it looks different every single week, but it's basically getting familiar with what it feels like to be in this collective group body, to access these gifts that live within you and to offer them as medicine to others. And so sometimes we'll touch into uh, more of a, a healing sort of experience, and other times we'll be opening up into embodying. The truth of what you are and really claiming the realities that you're stepping into and uh there's different
0: ways that we do that so uh it's yeah it's a lot of fun super fun and then week three so the third week of the month we come together and we do an embodiment practice so i will either run you through a sequence of qigong um next week i'm actually gonna we're gonna walk through uh, doing some like womb healing and connecting to our womb so it's always something different in regards to an embodiment practice and then we transition and I give you a 30 to 45 minute sound bath so a lot of our women like drift off to sleep it's like the perfect transition to end their days or it could be to start your mornings whatever it may be Um, so we do that week three
1: and then on week four Uh, We'll come back together as a group, except for this day, there'll be more of an emphasis on partner energy work and connection exercises there. So you've heard us mention minis a few times. So we get to really uh, dive into how to hold our alignment, how to develop our alignment to hold space for another and for those people in our lives and also for ourselves And then we get to be on the receiving end of that too. So we're really practicing reaching and being met. We're practicing having the presence of another person's loving, compassionate heart there, while we're either moving through a tougher experience, or stepping into and being celebrated in a a very expansive experience. And it can be related to what is happening in our lives too. So we make this really practical as well. Like how does this connect to the real world? How does this connect to daily life? How does this connect to the things that are most alive for the women in this group uh, in their lives? And one thing we've we've found is that there there really is a shared experience that extends beyond the uh, the meeting times where there'll be themes that are shared by all of the women. And the power of that Wild. is that as we move through something together, there's, a, there's like an amplified force that can allow these transformations to happen much quicker and much more efficiently. So we don't have to spend a lot of time sort of cycling through or like processing over and over again, uh, something that's been repeating, but in fact, we can sort of just like cut right through it because we've got this amplified collective field of awareness. And so that's another thing we do too, is really, we, we do something called building the field together, which is starting to get a felt sense experience of, uh, what it is to feel the connection of others while in more of an expansive state of awareness, so some people talk will point to this as starting to play with awakened levels of mind. There's also a lot of subtle energy awareness development so we're starting to open up to these subtle gifts that all human beings have and to play in these really exciting and magical spaces together.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah, so it's it's so beautiful. We meet every week and give you those different flavors. So you do have some structure, you know what you're walking into, but there is a lot of flow and magic that is cultivated in the space. And you also get access to a group chat with all the women in the container. So as you learn how uh, to give and receive minis, you get to access that anytime in your life. Like you literally have 24/7 access to all the women. So it's like if you're going through something or if you want to be seen and celebrated in something that you're you're moving through you get to hit up the group chat like hey is anyone free for a five five mini like this is what we're built for and I'm just so like I do minis probably three to five times a week and and so to give women the access to this at any time like we all are going through different things it's it's so cool to be celebrated or be supported to move through a piece so you get access to that as well.
1: And it really has become like family. I feel like the level of closeness that's there that's built so quickly is is such a gift. Like I, I think that's something that every being deserves and really needs in their life, too. and and it's fun to see, even as new women have come into the space, how how easy that transition has been and how it's like walking into a family that's just always been there,
0: yes, one hundred percent. And, All the women in the container are so excited to have new women in this space. So that's what makes it so special. And obviously, the women in the container currently were women that were my Transformation Accelerator program alumni. But now that I've retired that program to create special containers like this, we are just so excited to open this up to the public And welcome you if you're hearing this and feeling some type of pull or call to join this community now. And God, I'm just so excited. Like Felicia, it's finally here. I know. We feel you too. They're coming. (laughs) Yes, it's been so special. And we also created a training series for all of you newcomers that are interested. And it's nothing long, but we wanted to give you even more context so you really feel comfortable and safe and know what you're walking into because we really want you to feel welcomed into the space instead of like a newbie that has no idea what's going on.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It feels really good to be able to talk about this too and trust that it's going to reach exactly who it needs to if you felt something here in your heart. If something that was spoken in the space today lit something up in you and was like, yes, maybe I haven't put words to it yet, but something in you has been feeling that or knowing that, then we'd love to continue the conversation with you. And I hope that we can um, drop into this container together. We are very, very excited to have you.
0: Yes, so freaking excited. So, all the information will be in the show notes below. It'll also be on our Instagram. So, you'll see our website, all the information. If you have any questions, you can always let us know. And they obviously know my Instagram. So, if you want to drop, what's your how can, they can get connected to you, Felicia?
1: Sure. The easiest way would be probably my Instagram or my website. And I think we'll put those on the show notes as well. Uh, I'm not on Facebook much anymore, but those are going to be Instagram and website. Those are going to be the places to go. And if you would like, if you feel inspired, just shoot me a message and say hi. I'd love to um, just hear your voices and feel more connected to you.
0: Yes, 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 yes. Please stay connected to us. We can't wait to chat with you guys. Like I said, if you have any questions, you always can hit us up and We're so excited to welcome you into the community if it calls to you. So, Felicia, thank you for being on the show. You're my first guest on this podcast, and I could have asked for a better person to kick off this show with, so thanks for chatting with me. Thanks for everything you've... Oh, I'm like, okay, now I'm about to cry. Mm. Thank you for everything you've done for me. Like I said, Felicia was my very first mentor, and she's changed my life in so many beautiful ways, and now to have a different relationship with you where we're sisters creating this container. Like I literally couldn't have asked for like anything more. Oh, uh, uh, I feel
1: you. I feel <laughs> so honored. Like truly, I feel so honored to have you in my life. I feel like this is our relationship has brought so many gifts into being and it's been just an extraordinary journey so far. And I love you very much. I love you too. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you know someone who would benefit from hearing this message, please share it with them. And if you're loving these conversations, make sure to subscribe and leave me a review on what you love about the show so I can keep the good vibes coming your way. And speaking of reviews, I also have something really, really special that I want to gift to you. Over the past couple of years, I've created a prenatal, pregnancy, and postnatal wellness guide that I continue to update and evolve, and trust me, you're going to want to have this resource by your side. It covers everything from my supplement recommendations, to grocery lists for every phase of the journey, to detox protocols, to prep for pregnancy, to mental health support, to discount codes, to non-toxic living tips, to spiritual rituals to connect to your baby, and so much more. So basically, it's the motherfucking shit, and it's a Google Doc. So rest assured, every time you click into it, it's the most up-to-date version, so if you want a copy of your own, it's super, super simple. Just leave a review for the Mama Embodied podcast, screenshot the review, and email it to shayna at shaynaraytherapy.com. So that's shayna, S-H-A-I-N-A, at S H A I N A R A E T H E R A P Y S-H-A-I-N-A, R-A-E-T-H-E-R-A-P-Y.com, and I'll send you that free copy. Now, in case no one told you today, I want you to know that you're doing a fucking incredible job and the world is so much better with you in it. So thank you for being here and I can't wait to see you in the next episode.